The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good morning, everybody. We got a big Wednesday on tap today with most of the NBA playing a Tuesday to recap and a streaming grid to start looking at. It's Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Bespris, your host. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from HoopBall. You can also follow HoopBall on Twitter at Hoop Ball Fantasy. That is the news feed. You should be following it. If you're not, well, you should. Hoop-ball.com is the website. Want to continue to let you guys know you can still jump onto the premium package for $4.99 a month, which gets you basically to the end of the regular season right now. I think we're about a month and two days away. But if your league ends early or maybe you just don't need help those last two days, Hop on hoop-ball.com, click on, click on the premium tab, and choose Fantasy Pass. And for $4.99, you can get a streaming chart, access to the Discord, schedule grid, all that good stuff. Particularly that Discord, again, you get in there after you got your subscription. I'm hoping that everybody that has one is using Discord right now, because you can bug the pros, myself included. Let us guide you to your championship. Spend $4.99 now to guarantee that you... I don't know what the hell you got to do. Uh, I don't know. What, what are you winning? How much is your league worth? $300, $400, $500, $800? $5 not a crazy investment to lock that sucker up. Frankly, $4.99 is nothing. So please do check that out. Fantasy Pass at hoop-ball.com. Let's go through what happened last night. It wasn't a particularly busy Tuesday, just a seven-gamer, and I think the last two games were just sort of a whole truckload of not very much. But we'll dive in here, and let's see what we can pull out. Brooklyn beat Minnesota running away. Blowout. Afternoon game. Minnesota, of course, playing both of their games right now on this sort of fabricated back-to-back in the afternoon because of local curfews, and this one got out of hand quickly. Carl Anthony Towns out for the Wolves, and when he's out, things really hit the fan. Uh, and he's out again tonight, or today, I guess. That game's starting in just a couple of hours here. Uh, presumably someone will do a little bit more, but this is a that's a rough way to go, man. If you're, uh, you got the Nets and the Bucks on the back-to-back without your best player. You know, there's fill-in arguments to be made for Minnesota, but I'm not diving into those all too much. I think you see better performances from most of the main guys. Anthony Edwards is sort of the one dude who... Still did a little bit of stuff, arguably very inefficient in doing so. And then Jared Vanderbilt, who I think the Wolves have basically decided is a center at this point. He had a better ball game because, again, Cat was out. Jaden McDaniels, quiet. Ricky Rubio, quiet. D'Lo, quiet. It was just not a memorable afternoon for the Timberwolves. Over on the other side, they're rotating through different guys in and out. It sounds like Kyrie Irving is going to be back for the Nets game against Philadelphia later on today. But Kevin Durant is going to be sitting out the second half of that back-to-back, as is Blake Griffin, and LaMarcus Aldridge is still out with his stuff. So you get these weird lineups every night, and and this will be a tougher test, certainly, against the Sixers, team the Nets are fighting with for that top seed. Who's going to play? 
I don't really know. I thought Bruce Brown was going to be able to go nuts, and he actually had a pretty good ball game in this one that we're talking about against Minnesota. But now if Kyrie Irving's back, that probably pushes him to the side a little bit. And so you're looking at Kyrie, you're looking at Joe Harris. You could probably stream Bruce Brown, but you're rolling dice a little bit there. And then with no Aldridge and no Blake Griffin and no Kevin Durant, uh, Jeff Green probably ends up taking enough shots. He only took two shots in yesterday's ballgame. He probably gets six or seven. Has a knack for getting to the free throw line, even in his older age. And then Nick Claxton, he did a little bit more. DeAndre Drew, I'm not jumping at any of those guys I just talked about. So let's just keep moving. This one, not a whole lot of data. No Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers on their back-to-back on this short three-game road trip. Paul George also now sitting out the second half of the back-to-back. He went big in the first half of it, 36 points, seven boards, eight assists. He's back to being hot again after kind of a quiet spell. When one of the two superstars is out, Marcus Morris and Nick Batum tend to get going. Like, a lot. Batum, 14-5, a steal, five blocks, two three-pointers, one of the better lines of the day. Marcus Morris got his 12 shots. That's the magic number. And sure enough, he had a good fantasy game. And he probably will again today. Clippers on the back-to-back. Not an easy travel back-to-back. But, uh, and then also with Paul George sitting it out. So all of those guys are going to get a whole bunch of things to do. And presumably Reggie Jackson will get 15, 16 shots himself. There's all sorts of stream opportunities in this ballgame for the Clippers tonight. Nothing that's really going to last very long, but, you know, something to explore since it is streaming season. Although, you know, for most of us, unless you're trying to gain ground, you fell, you fell too far behind in games played in a, in a games crap format, a game. So, you know, if you're in a head-to-head league, uh, I don't think that I would venture too far with these Clippers. Maybe Nick Batum, who, and this is stuff we should have done yesterday if you were streaming, because they've got yesterday, today, they play again on Friday, and then they're done. Nope, excuse me, they play again on Friday and then Sunday this week, and then they're Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday next week. So there's a little bit of window there, but it's not the juiciest of streaming schedules. And certainly if you didn't have them for yesterday, then you sort of missed the front end of you know, three and four. On the Indiana side, no surprises at all. Miles Turner, still waiting on any update on him. In the meantime, Karis LeVert getting his big usage. Malcolm Brogdon back. Demonis Sabonis back. They're all, they've been back for a couple of ballgames now. Justin Holiday played 33 minutes. Continues to teeter right on the wrong side of the cut line. Although Doug McDermott hurt himself here. Sprained his left ankle. If he misses a game or two, you've got to think that Holiday could do enough in that instance. Although, you know, Levert is such a high-usage guy when he's on the floor. That does seem to have disrupted things a bit for Indiana. Not that I'd ever knock him. He's, you know, a fun, fun player to watch, but I don't know that, that all of that moving bodies around for Indiana actually helped them much this year. Atlanta beat Toronto, and I don't fully know how they did it. I think the foul discrepancy was a pretty big difference maker here. Bogdan Bogdanovich was solid. Clint Capella was great. That was, he was a big part of the success. Kevin Herter was decent. Brandon Goodwin was decent. But nobody really blew me away. But it was enough. Toronto's resting everybody for their ballgame tonight. So Malachi Flynn has an opportunity to do some gigantic stuff. Sounds like Siakam and Ananobi are actually still going to be in there. 
Why, I don't know, but they are. So those guys are good to go. Got some questions about Kem Birch. He and Chris Boucher basically splitting the center minutes yesterday. Aaron Baines has been cast aside. You know, Birch looked pretty good in that ball game last night. I don't think that this is, you know, that, that we go we end up in this spot so many times where people keep asking if it's is it time now to drop Chris Boucher? And the answer every time is still no. He's still number 58 in 9cat on the season. And in his previous ball game, he had 17 and 14. Two games before that, he had 38 and 19. Don't worry about the up and the down. Dude is a third rounder by totals this year. Now, the flip side of that, do I add Kem Birch? Not yet. Not yet. Not a high usage guy. It's not clear that the minutes are going to be split this way every night. Chris Boucher was just getting pushed around by Clint Capella, and so they had to go to somebody with a little more strength. I'm not picking up Brandon Goodwin. I think Trey Young will be back soon. Bogdan, you're rolling. Herter, ugh, nah. There's an argument to be made for Herter in a streaming capacity starting on Tuesday of next week. Atlanta has a pretty loaded schedule at that point. They go five games in seven days on both ends of that middle back-to-back. So not only are they five games in seven days, but they're actually eight games in 12 days. And there are two different ways you could play that five and seven. You can pick someone up on Tuesday of next week, the 20th, hold them through the 26th, or you pick someone up on the 25th, Sunday of next week, at the end of it, and hold them through May 1st. So they got a bunch of chunks coming up, but it's not right now. Whatever you're doing with Atlanta, it shouldn't be this week. They play tomorrow and they play Sunday. That's not very good. So when we talk about these guys, like a Kevin Herter, who fall into the streamer department, you need it to be a good part of their calendar. Lakers ratcheted up the defense on a Charlotte team missing damn near everyone. Hornets played Jalen McDaniels for 40 minutes. Miles Bridges, 36. Devontae Graham, 31. Caleb Martin, 35. Bismack Biombo, 28 minutes. That was mostly to deal with Andre Drummond, who had 4-12 and and 3 steals in his 24 minutes. Dennis Schroeder's been solid for the Lakers, but that's about as far as you can go right now. I don't think you can go beyond those two guys on the Lakers' side. On the Hornets' side, it sounds like Terry Rozier is coming back, so that probably punts Caleb Martin back into the abyss. Jalen McDaniels should be fine here for the foreseeable future, at least until someone else comes back on the Charlotte side. And I believe firmly that Cody Zeller will get to play more. I can't imagine that Bismack Biombo is the guy they really want trotting out there for 28 minutes. Now, I'm not saying Cody Zeller needs to play 30, but 28 to 20 in favor of Biz, that's a that's an indictment of Cody Zeller, if nothing else. Thunder made it competitive with Utah. They were getting blown out, and they sort of crept their way back into it on a career night from Lou Dort, who had 42 points on seven three-pointers, took 31 shots, in this ball game. Hello, sell moment. Lou Dort also went three for seven at the free throw line, not letting us forget that he still, even on his best game of the year, can hurt you in some way. You are not going to argue with 42, seven, three, seven threes, four steals, good field goal percent, but we're also going to point out it ain't going to be this good ever again. Maybe not, not ever, but in the near future. 
If you have a trade deadline and it hasn't happened yet, it's pretty late, but you know, maybe you're in a league that goes to the very end of the year, move him now. This is as good as it gets. Moses Brown had a good ball game. Played better than expected against Rudy Gobert, of all people. Eh, figure that one out. I don't know. Isaiah Roby started and played 24 minutes for the Thunder. He had 5-9 and nine with a steal. He's worth dumping into that streamer chunk of teams as well. But, again, we've sort of missed the key moment here for the Thunder. Needed to, you needed to grab a Thunder yesterday because that began a stretch of five games and seven nights for them. Takes them through their game in Washington on Monday. Now, the, the other side of this, of course, is do they rest guys on their back-to-back? I'm inclined to think that they probably will. We'll know more about that by later on today. Darius Baisley, bad shooting, bad free-throw shooting. This is why we're always afraid of these guys. Points league option, maybe. Dort, Points league option, I'm still going to say maybe, even after a really big ball game. Moses Brown is the only guy that I'm actually fully trusting on that team right now. And even that's barely, barely fully trusted. Jazz are going into a stretch where they're trying to get some guys some rest. So, seems like you'd probably just start whoever gets the starters tag for Utah right now. When Ingles and Clarkson come back, you'll go back to the old way. But for right now, that meant George Niang had 18-10. and 10 with six three-pointers, he's out there just floor-spacing like a son of a gun. Am I streaming him? I am not. I think Ingles is back for the next one. And then Smokin' Joe, that's your guy, coming back off a of rest day. Boston beat Portland. A sidestep three-pointer from Jason Tatum put the Celtics up four with about five, uh, seven seconds to go. Norman Powell hit a three-pointer to answer, but that was as far as they got. Marcus Smart... Missed a free throw and then intentionally missed a free throw and the clock ran out. Fantasy-wise, the Boston side, you pretty much got everything you expected. Good game from Kemba Walker. That was nice to see. Time Lord's been decent, if unspectacular, lately. Tristan Thompson chewing into his minutes just about as much as we expected. Not enough to be of fantasy relevance. On the Portland side, good to see Yusuf Nurkic hovering near 26 minutes of ballgame. He's more or less now pushed Ennis Cantor off to the side. Canner at 21 minutes is actually still enough. So you don't have to drop yet if you don't want to, but it's real damn close now. We're going to call it real close. Mello had one of his weirdo big ball games, shot 10 for 15, but you can't expect that to happen every night. And then everything else on Portland is etched in stone. Miami blown out by the Suns. Jimmy Butler tweaked an ankle partway through this ball game. Phoenix, dude, Phoenix is mean. They are D'ing up on everybody. They got a terrible game out of Devin Booker and waxed Miami. DeAndre Ayton looked good. He's been a lot better since the middle of the season. It's uh, not entirely clear exactly the moment when things started to turn in the right direction for Ayton. And he's still number 60 on a per-game basis this year. By the way, 32 by totals. So he's played in 54 games. That's the good news. Bad news is he got off to such a terrible start that you know the, the fact that he's his last 20 ball games have actually been pretty good, top 40 per game basis last 20 games. If that's where he was the whole year, I don't think most people would have been all that upset. That would have been something in the neighborhood of like a round and a half off the mark. But second rounder inside the top 50, you can stomach that. Second rounder in the 70 to 80 range, that's a punch in the you know where's. It's all good to see Aiden 
getting it going here and kind of keeping it going. Usage still hasn't really gone up all that much. He's just really settled in. And then this was a blowout, so everybody else was sort of goofball numbers. Chris Paul didn't need to do very much. Torrey Craig, Campaign, Javon Carter. These guys played pretty good minutes off the bench yesterday, but you and I, none of us, should care. No updates on Victor Oladipo. Kendrick Nunn, who seemingly should be a decent streamer, only played 21 minutes in this game. Tyler Hero and Goran Dragic pushed him off the map. Miami decided they needed Trevor Rees out for 26 minutes in the ballgame. Right now, the only heat you're really trusting are Butler and Bam, and maybe Duncan Robinson, who wasn't as great in this ballgame, but has certainly been better last month, month and a half, more like a top 80 kind of guy. So I'll roll with those three dudes. And then because Miami, thank you COVID for canceling ballgames, also just rolled into an 8-12 stretch with a pair of five and sevens in that same build. By the way, they're going to be exhausted. Look at the teams to be completely cooked by the end of that. They go back-to-back, off, game off, back-to-back, off, game off, back-to-back. That's what that looks like, to go five and seven on either side of a middle back-to-back, or including, that's the coupler in the middle. So Miami was a really good team to start streaming yesterday and really not the worst in the world to start streaming on Sunday of this week. If you want to go with that long streamer, provided you actually need stuff for this week in addition to future weeks, many of us, I think, are probably gearing up for next week this week. And don't worry, we'll talk about that on our Friday show, which is the playoff week one look ahead for those that start next week, which is most Yahoo leaks. That's where we're basing that off of. So, you know, relatively, I hate to say this, I know you guys just listened to 15 minutes of breakdown on it, but relatively boring Tuesday from a fantasy standpoint. Most of the interesting stuff has to do with who's not playing tonight. And it's a lot of folks <laughs> keeping us busy. So let's pivot now into the look ahead because it's a, it's an important one. There's a first of all there's a crap ton of games. There's one that's starting this afternoon. Milwaukee, Minnesota. Haven't gotten an update on Giannis yet and we're only a couple hours from game time. I believe he's still listed as questionable. Nope, nope, just got ruled out 5 minutes ago while I was doing the breakdown on yesterday. Giannis is out. So that means all the other stuff is still in play. You can stream Bobby Portis, uh, Dante, Chris, Drew, all those guys. Brooke, those guys all get a big old bump. And on the Minnesota side, Cat is indeed also out. Really, that just serves to ruin the game because Minnesota's probably going to get blown out by the third quarter and then everybody ends up sucking. So let's move past the midday game. That's, that's going to be a, a, a little bit of a rough one. Brooklyn at Philadelphia. Sixers favored by a ton in this one. No Kevin Durant. Sounds like Kyrie Irving is back, though. Line is all over the map. I can't figure that one out to save my life. Philly uh, is healthy by all accounts. We've already talked about what you could potentially do with the Nets. Do you want to stream a Bruce Brown or just go Kyrie and Joe Harris and call it a day? That's your safe move. You know me. I wouldn't want to blow a game on someone or a move on someone. Because on top of all of this other stuff, Brooklyn's schedule is fairly spaced out right now. They have four-game week going. Got mushed into a back-to-back yesterday and today because of the postponement on Monday. But they're not really a great streaming 
schedule. If you're looking at guys to, to throw in there on that one, leave that on the top of your brain. Cleveland! Sounds like Larry Nance Jr. and Jared Allen are both coming back for this one. We'll see how the Cavs situate their front court now. I think you'll see Kevin Love stick in that high 20s mark. He's been ramping up. Dean Wade is likely going to get pushed probably out of the picture. Cavs, I don't believe they've played since Sunday without triple-checking myself. Yeah, they played Sunday, lost to New Orleans at home. Uh, Kevin Love had been soaking up. He played 31 minutes in that game on Sunday. Isaiah Hartenstein played 22, and Dean Wade played 32. So if you're wondering, where will the minutes come from for Jared Allen and Larry Nance Jr.? Hartenstein, I don't even know if he plays now with all these other guys back. Dean Wade, I think they probably want to get him in there because they like him a little bit, but it's not going to be 32 minutes anymore. Torian Prince will lose a couple of minutes. Jetty Osmond will lose a couple of minutes. And there will be a ramp up here, most likely, because neither Nance nor Allen has played in about two weeks. But once they get up to whatever the target minutes are for those guys, high 20s, those dudes we just talked about, Wade, Osmond, Hardenstein, they disappear. Nance and Allen, would I start them tonight in a games cap format? cop-out answer of the day. I need to see if there's a minutes limit. That'll answer that question for us. If there's no minutes limit, then yeah, you drop them in there. And hopefully we'll get some data on that before you have to make your call. Back to the mega card here coming up. Charlotte with Terry Rozier back. That, as we mentioned, pushes Caleb Martin back out of the picture, but you can still roll with all those other guys, and I'm still going with Cody freaking Zeller. I, I just I can't believe that he'll do next to nothing two games in a row with Bismack, the only other front court player of note. I can't believe that would be the case. Cavs are going to probably go pretty big, so I don't know. Does that mean that Biz is going to get 28 minutes again? I guess it could. Spurs, meh. Toronto, resting most guys. We already talked about that during the recap part, so we can pretty much gloss over this ball game. Clippers, also resting everybody. We also kind of talked about that because of their back-to-back. Covered too much of this stuff during the recap portion of the proceedings. If you missed it or you were sort of glazing over during the Toronto or uh, Clippers portion of our recap, for Toronto, Flynn, you roll him out there. He's still going with Boucher. For the Clippers... Batum, Marcus Morris, those are the guys that are going to see a big bump. Reggie Jackson should also do enough tonight. Tonight. But then, I come looping back around to streaming stuff. Clippers just play twice over the next five days after this one tonight. And then they have a back-to-back after that, but you're probably best served not dealing with the Clippers over the next five days because there are plenty of teams that go three times during that span. And plenty of teams that, as we've talked about before, are starting juicier parts of their schedule. That don't help you out. And indeed, one of the two Clippers back-to-backs is next Wednesday when basically everybody in the league is playing again. So there's a little bit of a Clippers blip coming up here. Detroit, sounds like Jeremy Grant is back. But not everybody is with him. Make sure I'm getting the names right on... The uh, Pistons side of things. Who the hell's in? Who's out on the Pistons side? I know I saw this before. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and Rodney Magruder are out. Everybody else is playing. This will give us a pretty good look at what the Pistons want to do because this game is not part of a back-to-back. They just had two days off prior to it. So first of all, that tells us Dennis Smith Jr. is is quite hurt. 
So no point in dealing with him. What's the status on Killian Hayes? We'll know based on how many minutes he plays tonight. Hamadou Diallo, we'll get some data there. Josh Jackson, we'll get some data there. And then the Clippers, this is something to watch. Starting Friday, they begin a five-games-in-seven-night stretch, which pulls you through Wednesday of next week. So you're about to hit a really nice Pistons long stream, full week. Five games, seven days, turn that slot into a Piston. You don't have to worry about it until next Thursday. Long stream. Long streamers. Registered trademark. Fantasy NBA today. The Knicks are in New Orleans taking on the Pelicans. This should be a pretty good ball game. It's defense versus offense, really. The Knicks are predictable right now. We're waiting on Derrick Rose to turn a health corner, and he may or may not do it. By the way, while we're talking about Derrick Rose, it made me think of Jason Tatum. Both of those guys recovering from pretty good fights with COVID. Jason Tatum revealing last night post-game that he's still using an inhaler. And he had COVID in January. Three months out. And he's not normal. He said he's getting close, though. So that's something. So, you know, just like 60% of the NBA season. That's all. And he's been playing better lately. Kendrick Perkins calling him out for looking kind of tired on the basketball court. Yo, Perkins! You forget he had COVID? This bleep lingers, guys. My uncle had it. Now, admittedly, he's quite a bit older than Jason Tatum. But he had it in January, and he is not even remotely close to back. Still significant breathing issues. So think about that with some of these guys that are coming back from, like, legitimate bouts with it. Cat, Tatum, Rose, half of the Mavericks, half of the Wizards. I chuckle because there were so many cases there. Half of the Raptors. Remember this stuff. This is not This is not irrelevant. Pascal Siakam, to me, just finally looks like he's starting to, to get it going again. This is, a, this is something to pay attention to. We don't know exactly how bad certain guys got. The ones that came out and told us about it are sort of all we're going off of here. But, like, we know Cat told us he had it. We know D. Rose said he had it pretty bad. Bake this into our analysis. It's foolish not to. For the Pelicans, I don't know. If James Johnson, I assume he's going to miss this ballgame. I don't know for whether or not that's true, but it's not a guy that you can take a chance on. I haven't really looked at the Pels all that much lately because their schedule kind of stinks until the 28th of April when they have a five games and seven nights burst. I don't know who might be floating around on your waiver wire at that point, but the Pelicans' schedule is not super awesome over the next little bit. They basically play every other day until that game on the 28th. So it's fine, but you need to be using guys that are actually good. There's no stream opportunities there. Orlando at Chicago. There's your homework game of the day. What are the Magic really going to do? What are they really going to do? Is Mo Bamba healthy enough to play? That'll help get some answers on the center side of things. Looked for a minute there like both centers might be useful. But then, you know, what about Chuma Okiki? Can he pull himself out of this little rookie slump? Can T. Ross convince himself to actually care enough to take some shots? Is Cole Anthony going to jump Michael Carter-Williams in the pecking order? Does it matter? Orlando has a terrible schedule. 
Then they go into a five games and seven night stretch on the 25th. That's next Sunday. That's a long time from now. If you're looking at the Magic, that's when you actually start to look at them. Guys like RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony. 25th is when you flip one of those dudes on your team as a long streamer. But between now and then, they go every other day between now and the 22nd. And then they have two days off before starting that much better stretch. So, homework gives us time to plan ahead. Stream time. In terms of games cap stuff, I'll still use T. Ross and Wendell Carter Jr. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regret this, but I'm going to start Chumo Kiki as well. I think, he, I think he pulls out of it, and Chicago's miserable defense is a perfect time to do it. For the Bulls, plenty of stuff to sort out here. Besides, beyond Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, it does seem like Thad Young's minutes are going to take a slight hit, but he's still been above the cut line. Daniel Tice has been playing a lot lately. It's unclear if that's something that is going to translate to fantasy value. I bring it up because it hasn't really hit the radar yet. In that, you know, he played 27 minutes, then 12, then 29, and then 27. So after the over the last week, his numbers are kind of being depressed by one really poor ball game. That 12-minute loss in Atlanta, which... You know, that's, it's perfectly reasonable. You can't ignore that game, is what I'm trying to say. You can't ignore that game just because it was one where he was quite bad. It's still a ball game. When you look at somebody's performance over a week, nothing is in a vacuum. What day was that game? That was on the 9th. So that was last Friday. Chicago in Atlanta. Hawks beat him 120 to 108. Were there extenuating circumstances? Not really. He just sort of wasn't very good that game. Markinen got more run. I guess Billy Donovan thought he was playing better. He didn't have a particularly great ball game either. Thad wasn't that great. Seemed like the opportunity was there for Tice, but it just didn't fit. Which is disconcerting. I mean, it's hard to pick up a guy when he might not get playing time for any number of weirdo reasons. But he's looked good in his last two and three of his last four. And they've got a pretty good schedule to... Where is that kickoff for Chicago? Thursday. Uh, Friday of this week. They go five and seven days starting Friday of this week. With, by the way, a Daniel Tice at Boston revenge game mixed into the middle there, but that's neither here nor there. They got the Grizzlies Friday, Cavs Saturday. There's actually another Cavs game mixed in in that five and seven. So that's, again, that's what we're looking for. Does Daniel Tice hit the radar there? Is Kobe White good enough in a streamer role with five games and seven nights? Long stream. I know I said we'd talk more about streaming on our Friday show, but it's coming up now, so just freaking deal with it. Warriors in Oklahoma City. I do like Golden State without James Wiseman around. No Kelly Oubre tonight, so fire up your Kent Bazemores as well. Thunder. Waiting to see if anybody's resting on their back-to-back. I bet you somebody is. And we should be getting a Shea update here pretty soon. Stay tuned for that. I would start Moses Brown. He'll be the biggest guy on the floor by a lot every time Kevon Looney's not out there. So that should be cool for him to grab some rebounds. He'll be chasing people and might get into foul trouble, but I'll give it a whirl. And I'd, I would almost bet my life savings that Lou Dort has a terrible follow-up game to his giant one yesterday. Just that, That's just how it goes. And that has nothing to do with Dort. That's just how it goes with uh, the NBA players that are not superstars. 
They have these big ones, and then it's like, what did I do yesterday? I got to do it again. Clang. Pacers, Rockets. Start the starters on the Houston side. Nothing really for Indy to pay too close attention to. I guess with McDermott out, does that lift up anyone else? Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb. I doubt it. I wouldn't do anything about them before the ball game. I need the data, and then McDermott might be back in a game or two, so it might not be worthwhile. Mavericks on the road in Memphis. Dallas has slipped back into KP and Luka and then a bunch of guys that probably are you, you put in that streamer pocket. They go five games in seven days starting on Wednesday of next week. So if you were looking at Mavericks, that would be a good time to do it. And it's part of an 8-12 and 12 for them. Actually, Dallas has one of the most insane schedules the rest of the way. Basically, starting on Wednesday of next week, their schedule is bananas through May 12th. Listen to this. Look at, listen to this. They go on, on, off, on, off. So it's that same thing. So they go five and seven. There's another back-to-back at the end of that. So it's a back-to-back, day off, game, day off, back-to-back, day off, game, day off, back-to-back, day off, game, day off, back-to-back. Again, day off, game, off, back-to-back. Oh, my God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen games for the Mavericks. Between the 21st of April and the 12th of May. That is obscene. That's 22 days. That's 15 games in 22 days. Woof. Oh my goodness. If their legs don't fall off, someone's going to get hurt for Dallas in that stretch. Or they're just going to have to rest people. Which actually makes the streamers more interesting. Because those are the guys that will probably be in there. And the beauty part is... You could start your Maverick stream at any one of one, two, three, or four different pivot points and still get five games out of the next seven days. You could do it on the 21st, the 26th, the the 1st of May, the 6th of May. Any one of those four times, you pick up a Maverick, you're getting five games in seven nights. So keep an eye on guys like Josh Richardson, Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Particularly because Porzingis is probably going to rest one, two, three, four, five of those, what did I say, 15 games? So they'll only play 10. Luca probably rests two or three of them, I would bet. Maybe they sit him in Sacramento. Maybe they sit him tonight against Detroit. Excuse me, not Detroit. That's uh, on the 21st against Detroit at the front end of that. Now, we're getting ahead of ourselves because Mavericks are in Memphis, but right now they only play three games between now and the 21st. All that to say, if you're looking at the Mavs, you're looking at them too early. Grizzlies! Sounds like DeAnthony Melton is still a little ways away, so... I don't know. Do we have the do we have the nuts to start Grayson Allen? I don't really. They have an okay schedule, the Grizzlies do, over the next little bit. Their schedule gets much better starting at Sunday of next week. They go 5-7, and seven, and then they've got that... They actually have that kind of same thing... And the Grizzlies actually have a stretch later on this year, I believe, where they have four day games in five nights, which the NBA was kind of trying to get rid of. But because of how weird the schedule was and how many games the Grizzlies had postponed, I think they've had to reassess that. Let me quickly double-check myself on, on that note because it's, uh, this is, it's a weird one, so I want to make sure this is real. Yeah, they play back-to-back, off, and then another back-to-back. They're all home games, so there isn't any travel there, but... If you're thinking about Grizz, 
whoever it might be, Grayson Allen. I mean, it brings a lot of guys into the streamable picture with Memphis. But, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Doesn't really, really settle in until Sunday of next week, April 25th, through basically the end of your playoffs, whenever the hell they are. You want to just max out on Grizzlies because they play pretty much every damn day. That's where we're at right now. It's stream time. And, and frankly, even in GamesCap Roto, you need to start looking at the other type of streamer, meaning the injury fill-in, the rest day fill-in, stuff like that. You don't have to long stream because you probably don't have a moves cap. But you need to be looking at fill-in guys to make sure you don't fall too far behind in games played because your stars are probably going to be resting in here. Washington in Sacramento, Wizards off their win over Utah, actually on a decent road trip right now. This game has all the weirdo markings of the Kings' last gasp. I don't know why, it just feels that way, although the Kings likely without Rashawn Holmes, so that's probably wrong. I don't know. I really don't know what the hell they're going to do at the front court. Probably going to see some Damian Jones. You're probably going to see a little bit of Whiteside and maybe some Barnes at the five when the Wizards roll with anyone besides... Gafford, maybe? I like. There's plenty of opportunity here for Sacramento to go super small if they want to, because you could put almost anyone on Davis Bertans if he's the Wizards' five for any stretch at all. Then you've got Alex Len, Robin Lopez, and Daniel Gafford. Watch Gafford. If he jumps over everybody else, he's wildly over-rostered right now on the hope that he does jump over everyone else, especially at this time of year where you can't really afford to be sitting on someone. But Wizards are actually in an okay very short set scheduling spot here. They have three games in the next four days. Then their schedule doesn't really get good again uh, until Sunday. It's that same thing again. A lot of teams starting on Sunday of next week, they start to jam a bunch of games in together because, you know, Wizards had a bunch of stuff canceled earlier or postponed, excuse me, earlier this season. Sacramento hanging on by a thread. I am interested to see what happens out there if Holmes has to miss any time. Otherwise, I'm not very interested. Miami... Question mark, of course, is Jimmy Butler. Is he playing? He's questionable for their game in Denver tonight. If he's out, then some of their other streams just get better. Because we already talked about the Heat are in a great scheduling patch right now. They're on a 5-7, and seven, and it's a pair of those. If you missed this first 5-7 and seven for the Heat, pick one up on Sunday. And you'll get them for 5 over the next 7 days then. Probably too late. Although an argument could be made now that if Butler has to sit out a game or two then even without the 5-7, and seven, guys like Nunn, Harrow, Robinson, do they jump over the cut line? Or does it actually hurt them? We saw that at one point earlier this year when Butler was out for a while and everybody just kind of stunk because nobody was getting the ball where they needed to and the creators weren't creating the right way. He's that engine. Take the engine out of the car and sure, every other part of the car gets to do more stuff. It's a bad metaphor. But they're probably doing the wrong stuff. With Denver, big question mark here is what happens with Jamal Murray now out for a year. I'm inclined to think more activity for Aaron Gordon and Will Barton. Facundo Campazzo and Monty Morris are likely going to split that point guard job. And it's going to be a coin flip on any given night who actually gets to do it. There's some interesting stuff going on among our partners here at Hoopball, but I can't tell you about it yet. That's your tease of the day. That's your tease of the day. 
In the meantime, rate and review the podcast, especially if you're going to enjoy stream time. I'm going to win you a damn championship, people. We're going to do it together, but this is how you do it. You plan ahead. Long stream. Convert your team into a long streamer in head-to-head. I know. You guys are like Dan. You've ignored us all year, we head-to-headers. And I have because it's extraordinarily frustrating to play head-to-head in general and even more so this year with all the rest days, the condensed schedule, the injuries, the COVID, all that stuff. But I'm not ignoring you now because I, like you, am in a head-to-head league and I, like you, want to win it. And if you're in the playoffs starting this week, well, you should be getting our damn fantasy pass. You can pull up the streaming chart and actually see what you should be doing over the rest of this week because it's still only Wednesday. Plenty of time yet remains. Uh, here's a quick primer for you. Look for the teams going three games between today and Saturday. That's the best thing you're going to be able to get if you're already if you're already fighting for a playoff spot. Look for teams going three games in four nights. That'll allow you to make a move on Sunday to target whatever category you might need at the last moment. But what I will say is, as you go into your playoffs, if you're starting them next week or even the week after, I think I have a league that does both. One that eliminated the last week of the silly season and one that didn't. You need to be planning ahead for either of them already. About a week, week and a half out is what you should be planning for your playoffs. It's hard to go much farther than that because you don't really know who you're going to be playing against and then you can kind of target different guys. But you could really plan the entire playoffs out, at least in terms of what teams to look for on which days. And it's hard to know what players are going to be available to you because your league mates might scoop them up between now and then. But you can make plans and you can make backup plans. One thing you should always do, and this is why long streaming is, is super effective, is take, for example, let's say you were planning, let's say your playoffs start next week because... Like I was already talking about, I have a league with close friends from a long time ago that does. So that's one that I really want to win. And the financial windfall would be fine. It's not going to change my life or anything like that. But it would be nice to take the cash prize at the end as well, in addition to the bragging rights. You want to put a little trophy next to your name. If you're planning on next week, you should have already been planning three, four days ago. But let's say you weren't. Where is your team right now? Are you locked up with a first-round bye? Okay, fine. You don't really have to plan for next week then. Are you in third, fourth, fifth, sixth place? If you're in sixth place, does that mean you're still fighting for that spot? That makes your life a little bit more complicated. That means you got to stream for this week and try to set yourself up for next week. Hence, long stream. If you have four weekly roster moves in your head-to-head league, you should have three slots on your team that are being used for long streaming. I'm not kidding. Three out of four. If you have five moves, you should have four streaming slots. That's the way you should do it because on some of them at least, you should be only using one move a week for that streamer, the long stream, five and seven. You should be able to do that probably on two of those three slots. And like we already talked about, you may have missed on the timing on a couple of those. Miami just started, as we talked about already, five games in seven nights. Indy, Indiana just started five games in seven nights yesterday. So yesterday would have been a day that you used up probably two of your four weekly moves. That still saves you two 
to use on the third streaming slot you have on your team. I don't know what you got going on in that one. Maybe you got somebody playing tonight. Well, after that, you look at tomorrow and hunt for somebody that's... Could you find someone that's going five and seven days starting tomorrow? No. The answer is no. That actually doesn't start for any team tomorrow. The 15th, it's Thursday. I don't think anybody in the NBA goes... Thursday, Friday on a back-to-back. So what you're looking for then is, okay, well, when does the guy that I was planning on moving, when does is, when is his schedule get clunkier? Like, does he have two days off after today? If that's the case, then you got to move. you got to do something. Look for three games in four nights. That's a medium stream. That actually saves you move at the end of the week if you want to switch someone out. You could start a different five games in seven nights. So long streaming, you, you, you rarely run into your weekly moves limit because you're able to maximize so many slots with very few moves being made. And my favorite thing to do is to take a slot that's going to get three games over the next seven days and turn it into a five games over seven days. So one roster move adds two moves to your team's bucket over whatever stretch. It might be one this week and one next week, but they're all critical. So if you can figure out a way to make every move add two games to your bucket, you're going to be cruising while your opponents are getting one extra game with each of their moves and you're getting two. And you might play someone who's not even streaming that effectively. You might be able to long stream and get an extra six to eight games over your opponent. If you don't win... With an extra six to eight games over your opponent, well, your team probably wasn't that good anyway. Because you should be pretty close if the games were pretty close. And an extra six to eight, 10 to 15% bump on everything, every category, yeah, you're darn right you should win it. That'll do it for today. We'll keep this up. This is the beginning of it. Tomorrow we'll have a big breakdown, so that'll chew up most of the show. And then Friday, big-time playoff streamer, primer, coming up. That's our weekend episode. I'm Dan Baspers. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Baspers. Follow HoopBall at HoopBallFantasy. Rate and review the pod if you like it. If you don't, maybe don't. (laughs) Uh, Either way, have a great Wednesday, everybody. Enjoy the big slate. We got day action coming up here in an hour or two, and then 11 more at night. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.